0: I'm Aaron, that's Will. We are bringing you the passion, tradition, and drama of college football to listeners down under, because we fucking love college football.
1: They hand it off to Johnson for-
0: again and welcome to another episode of College Football Down Under. My name is Aaron Kemp and as always I'm joined by Will, the dog whisperer, Mjerdin. How's it going today Will? Yeah, I'm well, buddy, how are you going? Good, good. Uh, what are we, uh, five, six, seven days away from school being finished for the year, then I get to go on holidays for six weeks. Teachers are striking tomorrow, so it's
1: all happening. Striking because you don't get enough holidays. It's
0: a tough life, isn't it? I knew you, I shouldn't have said anything because I knew you were going to bring something up.
1: Well, how can I not? I mean, you lead off with that garbage while Uh. the rest of the world works hard. And, you know, barely gets a break. You and, guys
0: feed up. And rapes and pillages the resources of the world, the gas, the oil. And
1: then send it on to... And n-
0: sells it on, you mean? Exa- sells it exactly on. Exactly
1: right. To needing countries like oh.
0: Japan <laughs> who don't
1: have any natural resources. Do you know how <laughs> many people there are over there? Do you know how grateful they are? You're not thinking about that, are you?
0: Oh, you are so full of shit. All right, we won't turn this into a political debate because we will lose. It's
1: because no one wants to hear that. No well, one's, that is true. No you, one's here for that garbage. You
0: didn't come here for political commentary, that is for sure. Today we hit Championship Weekend Preview. It's here, season, finally. Season 2018. You say finally, but this has season has been a bit of a blur in lots of respects, Uh I always know, like, watching so much college football, you go back and you're like, oh, yeah, that game happened. (laughs) I remember that. In fact, I watched every minute of that game. But, you know, there's only a few that probably really stick with you the whole way.
1: Yeah, I mean, I remember our preview episodes and it feels like it wasn't that long ago.
0: Yeah, yeah. Uh, all right, so today we're going to jump in. Obviously, big show focusing around the championship weekend. Of course, as always, we will go through the playoff rankings. Our uh, college football draft is getting towards the end and uh, probably got some last movements to make there on that end. Bold predictions and on the punt as well to see who can come away somewhat victorious in the money stakes, although we've got a lot of catching up to do. Alright, couple of points before we head on. Mac Brown appears to be the head guy at North Carolina, Will. Your thoughts on his potential employment for the Tar Heels?
1: That's a strange hire for me. I'm uh, you know I'm not a big fan of that move, the like the older established one coming into a programme. I'm more of that young up and coming innovative one, so I'm not quite sure why they've gone to the retirement village to pluck him out. I mean, he, he started there and then had such an excellent career at Texas. He's a Hall of Fame guy. I think now the odds are stacked against him. You just haven't seen someone at his age come in and have a great deal of success at any program. So I wish the best of luck to him. I just I don't think it's a great hire, personally.
0: No, I mean, as... As a Miami fan, UNC in the Coastal, I'm super happy with it. It doesn't seem to me like they're going to be any threat on the back of that high. He's got a massive rebuild ahead. That's the other thing. You know, he's probably got a four, five, six-year rebuild ahead. You know, someone of his age, is that who you want to employ to do that? I don't don't know.
1: What's his five-year plan? Don't die?
0: (laughs) (laughs) I mean, he's not Bill Schneider, but yeah, it's... It's a long road back for the Tar Heels and and he's got a massive, massive job to do. For sure. Next point, Kyler Murray is still going to baseball next season. So his year with the Sooners was always agreed to be a one and done, although there was a lot of people, particularly in football circles, who were like, yeah, you know what, he's going to do well enough. And if he does do well enough, he will float that as a potential career path as opposed to heading down the baseball route but it appears he's honoring his word by that
1: okay so what class is he do you know uh
0: i don't actually know no
1: so because he did he started out at uh, A&M he did yes and then he's he's had a few whatever it is so so he's a junior now a redshirt junior now so yeah. he, what we're saying is he's foregoing his senior year to go play baseball, baseball yeah That makes sense. I mean, what did he get? Like a $13 million signing bonus there? That's a fair commitment. Could you imagine that, though? Just like have a think about $13 million as a college student, let alone the quarterback of the team in Norman. Fuck, he's living a hard life, isn't he?
0: But could he... I mean... Football pays more generally at that that quarterback position, I think. Have you seen Uh, those baseball contracts? Yeah, I mean, they get pretty lucrative as well, don't they? Yeah, we're Uh, talking hundreds of millions. Yeah, I don't know enough about baseball, to be fair. Uh, But either way, uh, he is moving on. Staying in the Big 12 and staying with the Sooners, uh, they have been advised this week by the Big 12... That if they go horns down, as West Virginia did in the game, in celebration, they will be penalised. Good. What a crock of shit. I do not understand how the Big 12, and Texas in particular, are being so precious about this.
1: I'm all for it, I think. You're a wanker. (laughs) A little bit, yeah. (laughs) But no, I mean... It's a derogatory hand signal.
0: Oh, are, we opening yeah. up, are we
1: opening up the doors Uh-oh. for all of them? Are we going to allow everyone to start flipping out whatever they want?
0: People go, and again, I know I've focused on this, but the U down at Miami, like that's... Maybe
1: the ACC should grow a stack and start to penalise oh.
0: that. And someone's going to do it on the weekend as well. Someone's going to do the... I don't
1: think so. I don't think they're that stupid. I mean, it is it, like what we're it, talking it, about.
0: <laughs> it's an, it'll be an emotional decision. You make a big play, score a touchdown, do something, and then it'll happen. And and that could cost the team 15 yards. And I just... I think that, of all the things, is so, so precious. I don't get it. It's part of the game. It's not anything too nasty yeah, it could incite a bit of a reaction, but the only way you're going to get them doing that is if you allow them to make big plays. So it's just stop them from scoring. Stop them from getting in the end zone. Well, beat feel, them, and then I, you won't have the issue.
1: I feel like all the talk about it just makes it a bigger deal than what it is, too. Probably, like it, yeah. Like, if you just let it go, no one really cares. Now, when after the game, whichever way it goes, you're out at the bars, and there's some obnoxious Sooner fan, and he starts throwing that down to... A Texas fan, where previously you wouldn't really give a stuff, now it's, oh, you can't do that. This means more than it actually does. And they're on. Like, it's... uh, You can't get
0: flagged in the bar either, so...
1: No, but you can get arrested.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Uh, Nikhil Harry, the wide receiver from Arizona State, and Rashawn Gary, the defensive end at Michigan, who hasn't actually played a whole heap recently, have both declared for the draft, or intending to declare for the draft this year. Um, So, those two guys will come out early. Remember, Rashawn Gary was the former number one uh, kid out of high school. Been a little bit injured this year, but those two will both be moving on.
1: Yeah, and they're both going to be drafted quite high, I expect.
0: And lastly this week, we are getting ready for some of the biggest betting lines in championship history. Really? Really? I don't know if it's historical. It may not be. but So you haven't
1: done any research not or study on this?
0: Not at all. But I'm throwing that out there. How often do we see a 27.5 point favourite in a championship game?
1: I mean, never, because we never see a team like Alabama.
0: Uh, that's not the Alabama line. That's the Clemson-Pitt line. So, yeah. And that just speaks to the ACC, doesn't oh, it? Oh, here we go. Here I we mean, go. fair
1: enough too, though. That is... Just ridiculous, but yeah. there's no one else that you'd serve up who would give them a better matchup. I don't think.
0: No, it's all well, true, uh, and all the uh, power five betting lines are, are at least two touchdowns, save for the Washington Utah. The Oklahoma Texas is not that either, but it's still over a touchdown, uh, and that's not really what you want to see on Championship Weekend. I wouldn't have thought you want to see close games generally these games have got a lot of significance and and some people value these wins not as high as the national championship but certainly almost comparatively winning your conference is such a massive thing
1: yeah i mean college football has never been about parity it is very much the haves and have nots uh, as the casual spectator especially when you don't have of a vested interest in any team, you definitely want to see some better matchups, some tighter lines there. You, I mean, all you're doing now is rooting for the underdogs, I suppose. That's the Aussie way. That, that's how we should be going about it. But you're spot on in that it is disappointing. You would like to see a little bit more competitiveness at the tops of each of the conferences. Uh, I guess it does help build, though, that there should be a few dominant forces like your Clemson, like your Alabama, like, I don't know, your Ohio State, maybe OU, when they come out, if they have comprehensive wins, that they're all super strong teams representing their conferences in the playoff, which I think builds that quite nicely.
0: Yeah. Okay. Uh, it just means that it clearly, the teams at the top of their conferences at the moment are far and away the best teams uh, in in general. All right. Uh, let's continue on. Playoff rankings, Will. Uh, what yes. are, your, what so, are your thoughts we on... We saw some change in the, the top
1: four for the first time in three weeks.
0: Well, I mean, that was always going to happen with the uh, Michigan-Ohio State result Uh, Michigan Uh, Michigan had a one yeah well well, yeah but that wasn't the result though Will Ah, that wasn't the result the result uh. was Michigan lost so Michigan were always going to move out of out of the top four and look to be done for the year I don't think there's any way despite the potential carnage that Will continues to predict and longingly hopes for I don't think that they will make it back in
1: no it looks like there's probably one spot up for grabs uh, if, if all goes as expected, so if Clemson win their cupcake matchup, Notre Dame sit back with their feet up in the air, and Alabama beat Georgia, then there's one spot there for Oklahoma and Ohio State to duel it out.
0: So do you think that, I mean, the significance is there that, that Oklahoma is at five and Ohio State is at six, which would indicate that if both of those two teams do win... It's going to make it hard for Ohio State to jump in. Is yeah. that a fair comment? Like, the Ohio State really need Oklahoma to lose as well.
1: I do not have a huge amount of faith in the playoff committee and how they structure things around that. So I think whilst we have Oklahoma 5, Ohio State 6 now, I think that gets completely thrown out and readdressed at the end of this week's game. So I uh, maybe it is indicative. I think it's just as much that that's how it was before this game going into it and both teams kind of slid up uh, rather than you know anyone jumping or anything like that so for me there's not too much there it wouldn't shock me if Oklahoma squeaked by and Ohio State put a blast on that we see that jump even though there's definitely a, a much tougher match uh, for Oklahoma against Texas than it would be for Ohio State and Northwestern.
0: Yeah, I I think if you're going to say it's irrelevant two weeks out, then almost what is I? It's funny you say that. Yeah, it is irrelevant, but it's been shown that if you're not in the top ten by you know week eight, you're not making it in to the college football playoff, and so it is relevant. It does show some historical. Importance in terms of ranking these teams earlier in the year, but if you're saying that it doesn't hold any weight and they could reevaluate and jump them, why even do the playoff rankings like scale at all? Why yeah. not just wait until the end of the conference games to do that? But
1: because people like it, people consume it. I mean, that that's as much as it is. If you took away those rankings and just purely went power five teams and win loss records, and we did the same stat where we looked at. You know, at this point they had a 7-1 record or whatever it is, I'm sure we'd get the same results back where you had to be 7 wins at this point to be able to qualify. Anything outside of that has never made it at that point. So the fact that you were 3 there or 10 there, I don't think really matters all that much. It kind of sorts itself out down the track. So it's good. Like I enjoy it as content. You like talking about it, but in terms of what it all really means, I don't think it's too much
0: at this point. Okay, have we had, since the college football playoff, I'm going to put you on the spot here, since college football playoff has come into existence, have we had the potential controversy in uh, in the Georgia-Ohio State thing? So, sorry, the Oklahoma-Ohio State thing. So let's say Alabama do beat Georgia as expected. Then there is a, de- a potential, the first decision to make in college football oh, there's playoff been eight, rankings. heaps of decisions. Have
1: there? Yeah, definitely. There was the year that the Big 12 got left out when TCU and Baylor were five and six and both had quite impressive records. Uh, so there's definitely been, it hasn't always been clean cut, that's for sure. And I, I, and I know as a fan of the Big 12 that they've often been on the outside looking in.
0: Yeah, well, maybe just I haven't watched that much Big 12 and uh, probably haven't focused on that next lot out as much as I could have. Uh, But I guess off the top of my memory, I don't remember anyone missing horribly, Uh, whereas that appears like it could be the case. Maybe this year, maybe not, but certainly into the future.
1: So is it horrible if things play out and then say Ohio State misses out?
0: Uh, I would think so. I, I think... I think Ohio State have got the capacity to beat anyone above them at this stage. If they play like they did against Michigan, I don't think you can you can say that they are not on that level and not deserving a spot to go into that playoff and they're only they're one loss uh, was against Texas, who they then potentially... Well, if they have their one loss, is is a game that they then go and turn around and beat yeah, them.
1: Yeah, but Ohio State, are you saying that they oh, would?
0: Sorry, I claim Ohio State, uh, their one loss to a Purdue team, ooh, yeah, I mean, that loss doesn't look great, probably. But...
1: And they got blown out in that game. So it's kind of like if they miss out, then I don't think it's that huge controversy. I think it's just because it's a big program with a lot of
0: fans. And- but I still think Ohio State could beat anyone. Like, I do feel like they can turn it on and, and maybe they would need to turn it on again this weekend. But if you've got back-to-back wins in against Michigan where they blew them out, yeah, it was at home. But then you go to the Big Ten Championship and then they turn over Northwestern comfortably then all of a sudden they're not only looking like the talented team that they are, but they're also playing up to their potential. And that deserves a shot, I think. In the same way, and this kind of brings me to my next point, in the same way that UCF deserves a shot. And I was saying to you, how can a team that goes undefeated for two straight years not have some kind of say or play into this playoff to have a shot at a national championship. Now, maybe they go in there and get blown out, but surely they deserve at least a crack, and they're not even getting that. So does that suggest, and I probably know your answer, but we might be able to put this to bed for forever here right now, does that suggest that this top four thing is just broken and it doesn't work?
1: I mean, it's definitely disappointing for a squad like UCF. It is designed to essentially keep them on the outside and i mean we've seen it they've had two perfect years now so far and still look like they're not going to get a chance so i mean without the case you've got to say something's wrong here something's broken if you can go two years running the table and still not get an opportunity to do it that's not right it it, it can't be considered right where you know you you want to be having a sort of system that is inclusive for those that are deserving. And, I mean, the only argument you throw back is, yeah, they haven't played anyone, but everyone they've played, they've beaten. Yeah. And we just don't get to see that potential of a match-up for a small-time program against, you know, a good big-time program are playing in the ACC Championship game. And UCF handled them comfortably.
0: Yeah. And on top of that, I mean, they got rid of the BCS... And, and that kind of system to try and make things more, I guess, to try and make them in, in a way that the number two, the number one team was the true number one. And that number one and two potentially actually got to play each other. Now, we assume that was the case, but there was a lot of guesswork and a lot of polls and voters. And there still is that now, obviously. But at least if you get into that top four you can win it and control that yourself. If you don't get into the top 2, you you're done and that can be unfair at times.
1: Yeah, and I mean it it it'll only get exacerbated if Georgia beats Alabama and we get another year of two in the SEC cuz that's what it'll be. Though
0: well, yeah, if it win it, well, if Georgia win, you sort of see it, I mean the team the order might move around a bit, but effectively the same four teams that are in now would stay in. I assume definitely,
1: definitely. And then, I mean, that whole argument about Ohio State being deserved, both Ohio State and Oklahoma miss out there, and that's where we need the
0: eight. Bring on the eight. Yeah, well, and maybe that's the in terms of moving forward. Maybe that's the best thing that can happen to maybe flip the script on this system. I don't know. That's
1: what I thought last year, but two SEC teams got in and nothing uh, changed.
0: How are we? How are we looking in terms? How long are we locked into this? playoff system for is this reviewed annually is it uh no
1: i think i think it's kind of an ongoing thing so i don't think there's locked in as such things can change i think a lot of it it comes it's all about the money i mean that should come to no surprise anyone that all of this is about the revenue that is made and they're talking that if they did have to go to the 18 playoff where the game would come from, and a lot of that talk is that it would come from they they wouldn't have championship weekend. Okay. They wouldn't have the championship games. That
0: wouldn't go well with a lot of the old school fans. E- exactly like right.
1: There's, there's a huge part of that. I still think that there's there's got to be a way you can make it work. You cut out a season game or whatever it is, make them play an extra game. I don't know, but you can make this work and have an eighteen
0: program. I'm okay with the length of the season. I just think maybe that. Maybe you don't play those three or sometimes four, depending on your conference, absolute mugs where you play two really average teams, maybe a lower uh, group of five team, and then maybe one other that's re- pretty reasonable. It just means you cut one of those. And I'm okay for because they don't get practice games, and it's something that we're used to in, in Aussie rules here. You know, practice games are important and maybe they do... You still get one at the start of this year. You still play that FCS team. No disrespect to the those lower teams, but they effectively become tune-up games, but, and you need that, and I don't have a problem with that, but you can't have two of them, and maybe they cut one of those.
1: Yeah, no, I think there's, there's got to be a way, and it can't be that difficult. It's just the money somewhere is holding this up.
0: Yeah, and I, I, I agree, and I think it would be fantastic... Uh, I I, for the first time probably am in agreement with you that mainly because of the UCF angle that this needs to be reviewed and and I would be looking at going to 8 although never easy because it does appear to make that season longer and longer
1: which is great too great for
0: us except if your team gets gutted by injuries alright moving on let's get into the big games of the week of which there are well all of them I suppose really because well actually I'll correct myself they're not all big games of the week there are some absolute uh, I guess really kind of tragic games made up games so in terms of uh, I think Virginia Tech are still trying to get bowl eligible so they've got their game scheduled against Marshall but we're probably not going to watch that one
1: no no no, but, you're really selling us into this segment here. Yeah,
0: you, sorry, sorry, sorry. We
1: started up high. and Yeah, then I've really kinda...
0: plummeted hard. Okay, so let's actually jump into the games that are relevant.
1: That is the conference championship game. It
0: is. Where would you like to start? Pick your conference, William.
1: Well, let's go through this in, in order, I reckon. Let's let's run through, rather than having Aaron's schedule today. I'm, I'm sorry, I'm going to kind of step down from the duties. I don't yep. know if you want to go, but let, let's just go through in order of it. So we've got two games on Saturday. and. Yep. Eight on Sunday. Yep. let's run through in order of game and okay. ha- have a look at that. So things kick off with Northern Illinois and Buffalo in the Marathon Mac Football Championship.
0: Okay, uh, now I haven't watched a whole heap of NIU this year, though they've been pretty pretty good until the last two weeks. So they've actually dropped their last two games going into this one. Uh, those te- these teams in the Mac have actually had a lot of common opponents, but. I also think when it comes to conference championship games, it it doesn't mean a whole heap. And, And as those games develop and evolve over the course of the season, it doesn't mean that much either. I'm still going to take Buffalo. They're three and a half point favorites in this one. And we, whilst we said that there are big lines in the power five, the group of five have got the interesting betting lines. Yeah, they've um, got some
1: close matchups. They've
0: got the close matchups. So I'm taking the Bulls in this one in one that appears to be tight, but I think they get away from them.
1: Yeah, I agree with you on this one. Uh, same side, I think Buffalo win this one, up, but I think they win it quite comfortably. Uh, everything that I've looked into with Northern Illinois, having not seen a lot of games, doesn't impress me all that much, especially down the stretch. So they've got a uh, sophomore quarterback in Marcus Childers. Childers, yeah. Childers, yeah. Who has been quite pedestrian on the year. He's thrown a lot of picks, he's completing at less than 60%. Uh, and, I mean, they, they rely heavily on the run game, which is great, but. Buffalo, on the other side, have been quite impressive.
0: Yeah, and their offense has been really, really outstanding for the last few years in the Bulls. Uh, and that was something that Northern Illinois did really, really well a few years ago when they went to the Orange Bowl. They actually won the Orange Bowl. Their offense was fantastic. At the moment, they're only putting up, you know, 20 points a game. That is not going to get it done in a conference championship game. They do not move the ball on offense enough Uh, and they, like you said, they just don't appear to score enough points uh, to really trouble the Bulls, who in their last games have scored 44. They got touched up by by a high, but then they scored 48, 51, and then 31 against Toledo in sort of working back from their last five games. So they continue to put up points. It appears to be like this is going to be the Bulls, but hey, you never know.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, the fact that it's a close line kind of makes me think, what what do I not know about this one?
0: Yeah, yeah. But I, yeah, I'm back in the Bulls. All right. 11.30 a.m. on Saturday. I will be dialed into this one because English Jess is busy this weekend. Ooh. She has got a bit of study going on. She's doing a yoga so we don't actually say yoga it's still yoga here um he's doing a yoga stuff so I have got the weekend of conference championship games to myself so I'll be watching plenty whilst finishing off some marking but at 11.30 we have got Utah and Washington in the pack 12 championship. How do you see this one unfolding?
1: This is a really interesting one for me. This is, I mean, as we know, the the tightest of the uh, Power Five conference championship games. So, this is a tough one to pick. I've I really liked Washington all year, whilst I think they're probably underachieved on what they could have done from the start of the year. They've had a solid finish, they've always been a very good football team. Utah, for me, have been super impressive. They're a program heading in the right direction. I love their outlook for next year. I mean, they wouldn't be looking towards next year because, shit, they got a a chance to win the back 12 this year. But the way things are shaping up for next year with Clay Helton coming back at USC and the restrictions that puts on them. (laughs) uh, Shots fired. Some of the early declarations we've seen from some of the other programs and... uh, Khalil Tate potentially looking to transfer. Transfer, Yeah, a whole heap of stuff is making it look like Utah are kind of the top dogs in the south. Exactly right. One of the strong ones out there. So I would have a hell of a lot more confidence in this if Tyler Huntley was around and on board. Uh, I'm not sure. So who who's been filling in for him? Jason
0: Shelley, who's actually done a really really good job. at that quarterback position, bit of he's still in that very kind of athletic, runnery, mobile type guy that that Tyler Huntley was as well. But they just don't look quite as dangerous on offense without Tyler Huntley there. Uh, and it's taken a lot of come from behind victories, and we need to take that into. I think I got to take that into consideration. Uh, you know, even last week. The Utah offense had only scored seven points up until kind of almost 3 quarter time. They scored one with 40 seconds to go in the third quarter. Then they reeled off, you know, 28 unanswered in the last quarter and change. Uh, and and in three of their last four meetings, Oregon, BYU, and ASU, in three of their last four, they need to score points, a lot of points late to win, and I just don't think they do that this week against a very sticky Washington secondary, a very, very good defense, and I think they will be too good. Maybe the Utes are there at the half, but I think the Husky offense does enough to kind of ease away at the end, and and hopefully they can get Miles Gaskin going. The teams actually did play earlier in the year, uh, and Washington won that game 21-7 and i just don't whilst they've improved and that defense is actually looking pretty good i just don't think that they can hang around with Washington their def, the Washington Huskies defense is fantastic and they've put too much on the shoulders of their young uh, inexperienced quarterback late in the games and it's just it's not going to hold up this week against the Huskies
1: I agree with you wholeheartedly. I think you've summed that up really well, mate. Uh, Washington seemed like the, the better unit for me. Uh, as we said, with Huntley out, the fact that Washington already beat them somewhat comfortably in a, in a Washington-style game, yeah. and, and a huge part of it for me too is Miles Gaskin getting going last week, yeah. and, and if they can do that again, which I think they'll be able to, that's going to be the difference in this one.
0: Yep, for sure. So I am taking Washington in that one, and I may even have a bit of a flutter on that one later. So we'll talk about that one. All right. We head to the wee hours of Sunday morning. Of course, Saturday in the States, 3.30 a.m. for us here in SA. Texas take on Oklahoma in a game that is not the Red River rivalry and that one is in AT&T Stadium so in Jerry World in Fort Worth uh yeah fort is that Fort Worth no Dallas no somewhere in between I get him Arlington Arlington it's got to be go. Arlington yeah. we got there we got there uh okay you're the Big 12 aficionado what are your thoughts on the not red river rivalry
1: this will be a really good game i think uh, the fact that oklahoma is over a touchdown favorite surprises me a little bit yeah uh, especially knowing that Texas won the last matchup. Uh, Texas have been playing relatively well. I mean, yeah, they were ran fairly tight with Kansas last week, but that was after they had that game yeah, in control. Controlled. So yep. Yep. not so worried about that one. Uh, there's a few interesting stats that I've read about this. So,
0: Are you doubling down on research?
1: Uh, no, not so much because I'm not going to give you some exacts. This is just stuff that I've picked up without any real reference or knowledge behind it. Okay. But, there Dangerous. are uh, teams that played went went on to conference championship games last year and play, had played that team during the year. Definitely had a much better record of winning. I think for, for whatever that ended up being, it was like five and two or something. And this is where I so they'd won like, the first time. If they played, won the first time, they were much more likely to, to then win the in the championship time. game as okay, well. Okay, there you go. Which I think is. Looking likely here too. I mean, Texas, and this is a bit uh, a nugget that I did dig out, are 5-1 and one against the spread in their last six neutral site games.
0: Don't hate that. There's a big difference between uh, covering and winning.
1: That's a good point.
0: And it's 7.5 points, or it's pushing up to 8 points now, I think. I think it started in closer to 7. Uh, but, yeah, interesting that... That, that line is as stretched as, as as it is. I think Sam Ellinger and the Longhorns' offense will be dialed in for this one. We can say they've they played down. And their issue... That has been their issue all year, is that they played down to their opponents. They had close wins against Maryland. They had a close win against Tulsa by just a touchdown. K-State, Baylor, and then Kansas last week. Who
1: had a close win against Maryland?
0: Uh, sorry, they lost to Maryland. Ooh, ouch. Um... They lost to Maryland earlier in the year. No, they won that one, you peanut. They did not. Did they not? Jesus. Oh, I can't remember. It's so long ago. So many games. That's right. They lost the year before, and then it was like, they're going to win this one. Then they lost again. Uh, I apologize. Uh, So they lose to Maryland, Tulsa, K-State, Baylor, Kansas. They can't keep up. But then they beat Oklahoma. Close losses to Oklahoma State and uh, West Virginia. But not only that, those two games were quality and high level. It's not like they kind of played down there. They actually probably played up. So it's been their Achilles heel to sort of play to their competition. Uh, And I think that in in that, they're going to keep this one close. However, we know Oklahoma can't play defense. That is a thing. I just don't think Texas... They had two
1: defensive touchdowns last week. That was the difference.
0: (laughs) And they still conceded 56 points. So, you know, and whilst Texas defense has rocked up in recent weeks... Uh, I think it's going to be hard to contain Trey Sermon and Kennedy Brooks on the ground. I think that's going to be where Oklahoma get things really moving. Sam Ellinger will do some amazing things. I still think Oklahoma win this one. I think Texas will cover. There'll be some money on that later, but I think uh, Oklahoma get home.
1: Okay, that's cool. Uh, I am taking Texas to win. Oh, yeah, okay. In an upset, I think. Going on from that, they... Did it first time round in the Red River rivalry, and I think they'll do it again. Uh, they
0: Kyler Murray's worst game for the year, I don't think he plays another bad one like that, personally. I,
1: I, we may be getting into my bold prediction, but... Okay. Uh, he he may not get through the game. Oh.
0: <laughs> <laughs> He's going to Mackenzie Milton. So keep
1: an eye out for that one. <laughs> <laughs> but I I am backing Texas to win this football
0: match. Okay, <laughs> wow. Right. Well, I'm going to take Oklahoma. I think it'll be close as it always is. Always take the points in a shootout. All right. Let's head to the Sun Belt. How is your knowledge of the Louisiana Lafayette Ragin' Cajuns uh, taking on App State in the Sun Belt Conference Championship? Now. App State go into this one as monster favourites. Uh, I think the line started at 17 and a half, or around about 17. I think it's pushed out even further, so they are, you know, steaming heavy favourites at this stage mainly on the back of a, of a defense that concedes only 15 points a game. On top of that, they beat Louisiana earlier in the season, 27-17. to 17. So they've got that win in the book. And if your stats are correct there, Will, that doubling down seems to be the way to go. Uh, it appears that App State may take control of this one. The Raging Cadence score a lot, but they give up a lot, particularly on the ground. And that is, again, where App State are particularly dominant. I'm not sure that they cover the spread, but App State are the better team and they will win.
1: Okay. Yeah, I mean, tough to argue with with what you look. What I do like about Louisiana Lafayette, apart from the awesome raging Cajun nickname, (laughs) is that they have an Aussie punter. They do. Rhys Burns. So he is a freshman this year. Uh, Hasn't been overwhelming with the stats. (laughs) But I'm sure he's gained a lot of experience and a lot of knowledge and he's only going to be better for it. And the fact that he gets to play in a conference championship game is awesome for him too. So love that fact. Still don't think it's going to be enough for them to get over the line. Uh, that is a, a large line at 17 points, but if we're picking winners, then I can't. it's hard to overlook Appalachian State in this yeah. one.
0: And they continue to be uh, a really, really good program uh, in that kind of group of five teams. They Year in, year out, they've been really consistent. And, and you know, you picked them earlier in the year to potentially beat Penn State and they got within a touchdown. So, um, you know, they've been continually good. And yeah,
1: well, and only fresh on the scene in the FBS ranks too. So yeah, exactly. Former FCS program has been, yeah. what, five years now probably at, yeah. uh, at the Div 1 level. Yeah, And they've just gone from strength to strength, so good for them.
0: Yep. All right, let's carry on. Five o'clock in the morning. Uh, I don't know if I'll get up for this one. I might if I'm feeling just really giddy. Uh, but UAB take on Middle Tennessee in the Conference USA Championship game. Now, of course, USC, uh, sorry, UAB have made their name more so for having their program shut down and only are in their second year of return to competitive football. And they are in the Conference game and are going in favorites against uh, a Middle Tennessee team.
1: I've got Middle Tennessee
0: as one point. Favorite. Oh, do you? I apologize? Middle Tennessee favourite.
1: Well, it's tight. It's it's only one point, so it's fairly well them. Well, I'm taking UAB in this one. Really? Yep. Explain that one to me, because they played last
0: week. Yeah, I think they bounced back. They did play last week as well. Uh, I'm not making this up though, here. And and they got steamrolled as well. They as did, a tune of twenty-seven to three. Uh, I think that's one of those ones UAB had already qualified at that stage and they were just keeping a few shots uh, yet to be fired. Uh, this is a team that has scored reasonably well this year. I mean, these teams are very evenly matched. Uh, in fact, points per game is exactly the same. It's 29.5, so that's impressive. But, you know... They are a team that has been able to score offensively and move the ball both on the ground and through the air. A uh, bit more balanced than that Tennessee team. And I think that although last... You know, if last week was a true indication of of the disparity between these games, there wouldn't be a one-point line.
1: Yeah, yeah. I mean, you're right. And if we've learned anything this year, it's that Vegas really know what they're doing. <laughs> yeah. So that it's definitely going to be closer and you, you're right in that UAB have been good all year that they had their ticket booked uh, they were on the road last week they've had quite a good defense this year too they've been one of the better teams in the group of five at uh, stopping others uh, and, and giving up you know, only less than 300 yards a game which at the college level is quite impressive yeah. but what have you done for me lately? I mean, I look at that game and think, you know, that's that's a big turnaround for them to make. And the fact that Middle Tennessee have been putting up points quite consistently over the last month or so mm-hmm. has me backing the Blue Raiders in this one.
0: Yeah, I feel like I'm possibly picking a little bit with my, uh, I guess, my gut a little bit or my heart, so to speak, in that I'd love to see the UAB go well because of what that program went through. That's not necessarily a great reason to pick them, but I'm going to take them to flip that result around. It'll be a close one, uh, and I'm going to take the blazers in that one.
1: Okay. Another one we are picking opposites.
0: Yeah, good. I like it. I have to write this down. I like it. It's all right. I got you. I got you. All right. Next game. We head to... There's a few games in the middle here that are completely irrelevant. Uh, Stanford played Cow, but no one really cares about that one. That one's a dead rubber. They're making that one up due to the fires. At 7 o'clock, we have got Memphis and UCF in the American. Uh, Wow. I mean, obviously, coming on the back of the McKenzie Milton injury, what are your thoughts on UCF's chance to beat Memphis in this one?
1: Are UCF going to win? Wow, okay. I expect it. Uh, Yes, they lost their heart and soul, I guess, at quarterback position in Mackenzie Milton, but that does not define this football team. Uh, Okay. I I think if there's anything that I've learned, and I mean, from the outside, when I first started looking into UCF during the year, I thought, oh, it's just Mackenzie Milton. That's why I've bet against them a couple of times. I thought he was holding up most of that team, but that's not the case. This is a very good football team all round. They've got a number of good players on both sides of the ball, and that's why they've been able to sustain this success. And, I mean, it's not... Sometimes at the college level it can be that transcendent quarterback type who's able to, you know, drag a team along like Cam Newton did, but they've always got good supporting cast, and I think... UCF are a classic in that they have a great supporting cast, a really good whole team. And that's why I'm more than comfortable in picking them to win, even though they had an incredibly tight tussle during the year with Memphis already that they did come out on the right side of, but it was a a hell of a football match, that one.
0: Yeah, I mean I will agree with you that, you know, Greg McCray's been really good at that running back position. Uh he scored three touchdowns last week. Dredrick Snelson at wide receiver for UCF is a bit of a burner and he's been fantastic. But I'm going to disagree with you on the fact that UCF are going to win. I am taking Memphis the whole way in this one. Uh like you said, they it is a rematch from earlier in the year which UCF did win, but it took the defense and a defense that I think is a little bit uh overrated and has not overrated but i think that is the weakness that's their achilles heel on that team is that defense and they've always had questions can they hold up particularly on the interior of that defensive line uh can they hold up they've been getting some really good work from the edges uh and and making a lot of plays on passing downs but You know, it took that defense to pitch a second-half shutout against Memphis to get home by a point. And like you said, a lot of that was led in that game by Mackenzie Milton. I think Memphis smelled blood in the water in this one. And I think they handle the Knights without their leader. On top of that, like I said, the weakness of that UCF defense is kind of more that interior to me, Um, although that uh, they've got J- Janovic or whatever his name is, at linebacker, who's fantastic. But I think Daryl Henderson and that Memphis offense really get going. Um, I'm taking Memphis in this one the whole way.
1: Yeah, see, I'm the complete opposite of what you're saying there. I think their defense is what's going to be the difference. I think Memphis are too one-dimensional with Daryl Henderson. He is that team, either catching the ball out of the backfield or, or toting the rock. He's scored more touchdowns than anyone else at the college football level this year and UCF can rely on their defense so they've for seven games this year they've given up less than three scores which is pretty impressive at the college year they've had a really good year Uh, only two games three games that they've given up over 30 Uh, and I fully expect their defense to stand up and shut down Henderson
0: yeah, and maybe they do, but I, again, I'm going to disagree with you. I think Brady White's been fantastic at the quarterback position. He's thrown for nearly three thousand yards, 25 touchdowns. They've got Demonte Coxey on the outside, who's been fantastic. He's gone over a thousand yards, so they're a little less one-dimensional than what people think. Uh, and I think the ability to pass the ball down the field has allowed, uh, you know, either Daryl Henderson softens up that defense. And allows those one-on-one matchups on the outside. Or they can choose to go a little bit pass-heavy if they want to. I think Memphis get going at the right time. And it's all well, well to say that, yeah, you know, UCF have shut down all these teams. That's fantastic. But they didn't shut down Memphis. They didn't do that last time. And they conceded points to them. And they'll concede points to them again this week.
1: That game was in Memphis, too. Yep. And UCF won. So, yeah, I mean, if Milton was on the field, this wouldn't be a debate. Yep, UCF, have, UCF have so much more to play for too. I mean, they are kind of on this journey where they're up against it and that kind of binds a team together. And I, I think that kind of gets overlooked a little bit where they feel that disrespect of being left out, of winning 22 games in a row and still not getting a chance there. So they want to show the world that they are as deserved as anyone else and that motivation is going to be a big factor for them.
0: I'm taking the Tigers. Okay. Oh, wait. All right, 7.30am uh, in Atlanta, Georgia. We have got Alabama taking on the Georgia Bulldogs. Do Georgia have any hope in the world of getting close to this Alabama team that will be talked about with the 2001 Hurricanes, the Vince Young-led um, Texas Longhorns, you know, and even Alabama teams from the past? Do they have any chance against this team?
1: Oh, they have a chance, certainly. I mean, this is a very talented Georgia team. They're well-coached. they got a... Dudes all over the field, both sides of the ball. They're just coming up against, as you said, one of the best teams of all time. So whilst Alabama are favorites, two touchdown favorites, very deserved of that position, Georgia should not be overlooked for the talent that they have on the field. And all it takes is, you know, something crazy to happen, a, a ball to take a deflection and then get picked off and go back the other way over six. For the whole dynamic of a game to change... And all of a sudden, Alabama could be reeling a bit. I mean, we've seen the last couple of weeks that they've been a bit slow out of the blocks, and I'm not reading into that too much because <laughs> they are so impressive uh, at every facet, and they have been all year. That you know, it's it's not all that. It it doesn't mean all that much. But Georgia are as good as most out there, uh, and that's why you know people are saying that if Alabama were to lose this game, they'd still get in because they're playing against a, another elite unit that, I don't know, have have had a really impressive year outside of that hiccup to LSU where they, they lost quite comfortably. They haven't really been in any matches. They've won all of their games by more than two scores themselves. So if this was any other year and you didn't have a dominant four slot in Alabama in your conference we'd be talking about these guys as the favourite to, yeah. to run it all So,
0: I mean you could easily make an argument though, I think that Georgia is potentially the second best team in the country I don't think there's a necess- like an obvious step down from Clemson I, I think you know yeah, again this, this could be the national championship game
1: correct and, and it was last year's and yeah, that yeah. game went to overtime when everyone thought Alabama was going to win so there's no way I would rule Georgia out but as we've been saying all year, Alabama are something else.
0: Yeah, they are. I was thinking about this and I was like, well, where where have Georgia got a chance? And initially in the season, we thought it was the secondary for Alabama, not necessarily at safety, but at the cornerback positions with Patrick Sertain Jr., who came in as a true freshman, and Savion Smith, who was a little bit unknown uh, and uh, and a transfer guy as well. But those two guys have played so well on the outside. And that has just been shut down emphatically. And I've got no doubt that Saban's got his mitts all over that. That is his baby, um, that, those secondary defenders. So they're only conceding 183 yards per game through the air. and that, And that's improved over the last month. So then it comes down to, well, what is George's strength and what and what can they do? And it's, and it's their ability to run the ball with Elijah Holyfield and DeAndre Swift, who may be the two most complementary backs in the country for each other. Um, DeAndre Swift is incredibly uh, athletic, incredibly wiggly. Elijah Holyfield, uh, he can run outside as well, and, and he does do that, but he's a bit lower, a bit of a smaller body, a bit more of a tank, tougher to bring down. Uh and, you know, both of those guys are fantastic runners, but you're going up against the defensive line, but led by Quinn and Williams, uh, who may be an All-American at this stage and linebacker Dylan Moses kind of leads those guys. And those guys are, are fantastic. I think the thing that, you know, we looked at the score halftime and like you said, it was close to the last two weeks and I think Auburn kind of gimmicked their way In through that one, a lot of end around, some trick plays, a double pass play, and things like that 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 you potentially have to bring out all the stops to beat this Alabama team. But ultimately, what it comes down to is can you beat that person across from you one-on-one at some stage? And more often than not against Alabama, the answer is no. And I think while Georgia keep this close initially, like they will, it, it just isn't sustainable to either try and beat them head up or to gimmick your way through the game. And I just don't see Georgia being able to maintain the range.
1: But we wouldn't have seen... or well, Alabama wouldn't have seen a game this year where that talent, talent gap is as close as it will be in this one. So they've always got that advantage in every game that they've played. This one, they may still have it, but it's definitely not across the field. It's not at every position. And it's going to be a hell of a lot tighter than anywhere else that they've gone up against.
0: Possibly I'm taking Alabama at a canter.
1: Yeah, I believe Alabama will win.
0: I think Tua might even play all four quarters. That could happen. Or not. (laughs) Yeah, well... (laughs) yeah. We're going to have a lot of quarterbacks in hospital, I think, this week, according to Will. All right, where do we head to next? We have got the Mountain West Championship game, which probably... To me, I've always liked watching the Mountain West. I think that gives me the most interest of the group of five teams. You've got Fresno State and Boise State. Both are ranked. What are your thoughts in the Mountain West Championship game, Will?
1: Yeah, you're right. The Mountain West has kind of been probably the strongest of the group of five conferences if if we're going to play that game. Just mainly due to the fact that Boise State have been as good as they have been for a long time. And have also been another number of strong programs who've come out of there and gone into, you know, work their way into Power 5 conferences. So this is a really, really exciting one. I'm looking forward to it. Uh, two teams who are quite evenly matched have been putting up yeah. a boatload of points this year. Uh, did play each other a while back, but it was a tight tussle. Uh, Boise State were able to get out in in front on that one, but that was played on the blue turf uh, in Smurf Boise. Smurf turf, yeah. So, I I really like Fresno's chances. Uh, I'm, I'm going to back Boise State in this one. Uh, that's purely based on what I saw against, when they played against Oklahoma State. And is it Brett Ripon? Yeah, who's quarterback.
0: Been like a 10-year starter for them. Dude, dude's um,
1: a player. Uh, and in the big moments, guys like that tend to stand up and I think this is you know a huge opportunity for him to do that so I fully expect to see that and I'm backing the Broncos to win
0: yeah I I don't disagree I I think you're going to end up with two teams that are well coached and I think when we see uh, two teams that play each other again for the second time they tend to The games tend to be a little bit lower scoring. Uh, Having said that, 24 17 is certainly not a blowout. But I think, you know, both of these teams are both conceding less than 23 points a game, which is impressive. I'm taking Boise to cover. I don't, maybe like a 31 13, maybe like a 27 13, something like that. It could be a little tighter than that. That wouldn't surprise me, of course. Uh, I don't think this gets out of hand offensively, though. All right, let's carry on. Let's head to the ACC, the Dr. Pepper ACC Championship game. We probably won't need too long on this one. They play in Charlotte. Number two, Clemson take on the Pitt Panthers. Uh, Is there any chance that Pitt can stay with inside the 25-odd points that they've been given?
1: uh maybe the 25 odd points the you're right this one is a bit of a disappointing one in the acc this year because clemson are so much better than pittsburgh and we're gonna see that so i would not be surprised to see clemson really get after it and win by more than 40 points but at the same time they might start looking ahead the only thing that will save pittsburgh is that that is looking quite a ways ahead because it'll be about a month until they need to play again. Yeah. Or over a month, potentially. So, this one could get ugly and Clemson are going to do it in a canter.
0: Yep, don't disagree. I think Pitt are very one-dimensional on offense. Uh, it's kind of runs through Quadra Allison and Darren Hall at those running back positions. And like we said last week, none of these, neither of these guys got going against the Canes last week. They totaled 69 yards on the ground. And this is from a team that normally averages 250 per game. Uh, and I'd say that the Miami defensive line is potentially on par with the Tigers, maybe a little bit down, but not certainly it's not a massive difference. So I expect the Pitt running game to face the same problems again. The danger for Pitt is that Clemson's play calling in comparison to Miami's, Miami's will do a far better job of getting their plethora of weapons and Travis Etienne. They've got T Higgins on the outside. Hunter Renfro as that slot guy is apparently still playing. Amari Rogers, And then giving Trevor Lawrence all the time in the world to do what he does. And, and they will succeed. And I have Clemson to cover. Okay. All right. We are getting towards the end at 11.30 a.m. Sunday. We have got the Big Ten Championship game. Northwestern and Ohio State. Ohio State playing... To stay relevant in the college football playoff, they need a big win. I'm taking Ohio State. I can't believe the line is as small as what it is. Ohio State will cover that easily. You
1: think they'll do it comfortably? Yep. Okay. Northwestern have been quite good down the stretch. So this is a team that early on was quite poor. They dropped the game to Akron. Early yeah, they in the did. Year, they if sure you remember did. that. So they dropped yep. three of their first Zips four or games. Us. Well they're not. <laughs> Akron are not a good football team and, no. and haven't been good this year. But they, they lost to Duke. They lost to Michigan, which is no shame in that. But they were really not traveling very well at the start of the year's Northwest Northwestern program. But then from that point on, they won seven of the next eight. The only one that they dropped was a relatively tight game, to Notre Dame, which is quite impressive run, really. And a team that we, I said at the start of the year was probably going to turn a few heads and that would be impressive. Did you
0: say that? I thought oh. that would be all right, yeah. You okay. were kind of
1: Team Purdue, Team yeah, Minnesota. Yeah. yeah, I was, I was. Very much Wisconsin. Yeah,
0: I was Wisconsin, yeah. Uh,
1: none of those teams have been any good. It's been Northwestern, who I didn't didn't mind the look of, out of, you know, what is a much weaker West. Yeah. Uh, who've been able to get it together and come together. But, I mean, they're not as good as Michigan. They're not as good as Penn State. They're Ooh. not... They're not as good as... Well, actually, yeah, maybe maybe that's where they would slot in. So that gets them fourth in the East. I think that's going to get shown and Ohio State will win this. Whether they cover or not, I don't know. Ohio State and their whole playing down to the level of their opponents scares the hell out of me. The fact that they know they need to put on a show this week uh, means one thing, but they knew that they needed to win at Purdue and couldn't get that job done, so... Wildstar was really big on Ohio State last week and their chances of beating Michigan, which they ended up doing. This week, um, I expect them to win, but I don't know if it's going to be enough in the eyes of the voters at the end of the day.
0: I, I agree with you, I, I think, but I do think they cover. I just Quickly, in the last five games, Northwestern have scored 24, 24, 14, 21, and 31. That is not going to be enough against Ohio State.
1: That is correct. That is a good uh, good assessment you picked up
0: there. <laughs> yeah. um, you know, Ohio State put up 62 on what we thought was one of the best events in college last week. So, And Ohio State will be ready. Urban Meyer gets his teams ready for big games, and this is a massive game, and they will not be treating it any less. I think the only way that maybe they do look ahead is if they see all the results from the previous two days or something, so they're on their phones before the game, like, oh, everyone's lost. We actually need to play well now, and like and maybe they tighten up a fraction. But even then, I just don't see it happening. Uh, I don't see how Northwestern can sustain drives and score enough points. We know that Ohio State is susceptible to the running game and the big play. That's kind of what they've given up all year. So if we start with rushing yards... Northwestern are 118th in the country at 115 yards per game on the ground. That's not good. That's not good. If we look at the big play or their ability to move the ball, Northwestern's putting up 4.5 yards per play. That is 122nd in the country. On top of that, in passing downs, they are going for a measly 6.3 yards per pass play, which is good for 112 in the country. Their offense cannot move the ball. They can't sustain drives. A high state will cover. Good stats, buddy. Man, look at me killing it. All right. That smashes through all our championship games for the week or the weekend. We hope you watch as much as you possibly can. We know we will be dialed into a lot of group of five games because I think that's where potentially a lot of the entertainment will fall. All right. Championship draft time, Will.
1: So second last one. I mean, it doesn't really matter so much at the moment now because we've got four teams each. There's less than eight teams alive, really, so not so much on the line, but we'll, we'll have another crack. We'll give another chance to move things around, I suppose, this so, week and next.
0: So I've got number two, Clemson, number four, Georgia, number five, Oklahoma, number seven, Michigan. I
1: have one Alabama, three Notre Dame, wherever Ohio State
0: is, six, and Washington State. So, what are we doing with the obvious outliers here? Appear to be Michigan for me and Washington State for you. Yep. Are you going to make a change or are we just going to cut these guys?
1: I mean, we can just cut them and drop it down to three. That that seems right. And then if we get it wrong in UCF, that can be the people's team.
0: (laughs) Or Michigan somehow. Yeah.
1: Either of those. We'll hand that over to the people.
0: Yeah. Okay. I'm happy with that. I think that sounds good.
1: And we really need to reassess ourselves and what we're doing here in this podcast booth if we are not able to get it done with the teams that we've got.
0: Yeah. Okay, so Michigan are gone. Sorry, Wolverines, you're out of here for me. And wazoo, it's been fun. <laughs> okay. Bold prediction time. I will let you start because I think yours is far more interesting than mine.
1: Okay, I I need to get one here. So yeah, you do. you'd think I wouldn't be going after a real <laughs> flyer, but I don't know, there's... Uh, Not as many games on this week. I didn't really want to put it around the games because I've been doing that a bit and it feels a bit boring. So this one is, well, that's not good. (laughs) (laughs) So my prediction here, and you have to tell me if you're comfortable with the level of this boldness, but I'm predicting that either Tua or Trevor Lawrence... Or Dwayne Haskins or Kyla Murray, one of the four superstar quarterbacks at their programs, is going to have their season ended (laughs) or at the very least have their spot in the playoff game coming up put in jeopardy through injury.
0: I think that is pretty bold. Well... Uh, yeah, I think so because when do the playoff games start? They start relatively soon after the, it's the championship. It, it's games. the end of December, but uh, it's like New Year's. The New Year's six. Yeah so, yeah, so it's New Year's
1: Day, is it?
0: Yeah, but so they will. Have plenty of time to get right. Plenty of time, yeah. Like that, we're talking, we're talking broken bones. We're talking like punctured lungs. So
1: something bad enough that has their status in doubt, and that's a storyline that we're going to be following through into that.
0: Okay, all right, yeah, I think that is definitely bold enough. And so, who were the four quarterbacks? You got Tua, you got Dwayne Haskins, Kyla Murray, and Trevor Lawrence. Yes, was the other one. And, okay.
1: and by no means do I want this to happen. <laughs> but I thought it'd be an interesting one to keep an eye
0: on alright I'm going super super boring now on the back of that I'm trying to I was trying to change it in my head on the way but I I can't I'm going with it's time for the favourites to shine Oh, so I'm taking the 10 favourites in the ten conference championship games.
1: Okay, I'm gonna I'm gonna chuck a multi on that. See what it pays. I'm sure so I'm a bit.
0: Alabama, Clemson, Ohio State, Washington, Oklahoma in the Power Five in the Group of Five. UCF, App State, Middle Tennessee, Buffalo, and Boise State. Okay. All right. Now, just before we go, just before we move into on the punt, because we've got something a little bit different this week. We missed the schedule, so. Um, we're going to have a bit of a go at the punt each and we'll see how we fall. But, of course, we're coming to the end of the season. And, of course, I'm heading over to England for a month. Obviously, we need to get home and and see English Jess's family. So there's not going to be quite as many episodes over the bowl season as we would have liked.
1: Unfortunately
0: not, no. Unfortunately not. So uh, we'll keep you updated with how we're heading moving forward. Uh, but yeah,
1: yeah. We'll still have another couple of episodes next week, so yes. we'll have a wrap up of this, and then we'll do a bit of a season wrap up with some awards. We might put together a college football down under all team of the year, yeah, whatever it is. Uh, all down under team,
0: yeah. Oh, that sounds. <laughs> sounds like you're on red tube or something. <laughs> Obviously.
1: <laughs> Uh, so, yeah, no, I think we'll have a bit of fun next week. But then, as you said, yeah, we might not be around, so... We'll, we'll do a um, few
0: bowl game previews, but, yeah, we are going to be a little bit distant for about a month. So, over the uh, festive season.
1: We probably need it after the amount of time we spent together. Yeah, no, this. All we
0: do is talk football, though. All right. Uh, now. <laughs> I am here to
1: bring you winners. I'm not punting. I'm losing us too much money. What the people want is to make money. So you have done that two weeks in a row. We're going to go with your picks. We're going to serve them up. I'm going to write them all down so okay. I can make some of this cash back. And we're just going to go on you, man.
0: Okay. Uh, all right. Firstly, I'm going to start. With, it's a little bit conservative, and I might think about multiing these together. I've got six bets for us today. Uh, I'm going to start with three units on Alabama to cover the minus 13 points. I think they do that easily. That's two touchdowns. I think they've covered the spread just about all year. Oh, they might have missed one against an FBS team where they didn't win by 45 points or something. Uh, But I'm taking Miami to... uh, Sorry, Alabama to cover the 13 points against Georgia. (laughs) I am taking Ohio State to cover 14 points. Uh, against Northwestern. How many units here? Uh, that's three. Pretty confident in both of these. I'm taking two units on Texas to cover the minus eight in a shootout. There is no way that game, Oklahoma is going to beat them by seven and a half to eight points. There's uh, definitely
1: a, a way. Well, <laughs> not, not seven and a half to eight, but <laughs> there's definitely a way that that could happen.
0: But I'm taking Texas to cover in that one. Uh, I've got... Two units on Clemson to cover their well, that line's actually stretched. I got it at 26. It's now stretched out to 27.5 or 28 or something, which is starting to look a little bit dangerous. So 26 I would take. Uh, you have to make a decision on I don't know what you're getting it at. 27 and a half maybe will. Uh, you might have to have a think about that one. But this is a pit team that couldn't score on Miami. And if they can't score on Miami, they're going to struggle to score on Clemson. Uh, And Clemson's offense is far, far better. So I see Clemson in a blowout in that one. So that is my 10 units. I've got some bonus bets as I do. So pick your poison. I'm taking Washington to cover the five points against Utah. I think they do that one. That is a touchdown. I don't see Utah getting within a touchdown of Washington. And Boise State, to cover the two and a half points, they are getting against Fresno State and take the under on that one as well at 50 and a half points. I initially was thinking about taking the over, but I just don't think those teams will score enough points in that one. So those again, three units on Alabama to cover, three units on Ohio State. I think that line's well short, so take whatever you can get against Northwestern. Two units on Texas to cover, two on Clemson to cover. Washington, their five points against Utah. They'll cover that up easy. Boise State, lastly, to cover the two and a half and take the under at 50 and a half points.
1: Okay, a lot of chalk there, but I am not going to have a dig at any of it because if there's anything we've learned this year, it's that I don't know what I'm talking about. You and don't I- like some of them. Exactly right. If I don't like them, then we are loading up on them for sure.
0: (laughs) Okay. I don't know. There's probably not a lot of value in all of that. I mean, if you jam them all together, which Will is about to do, no doubt, then you might get some value. Uh, But, yeah. Have a go with those. Hopefully, we can continue uh, heading north on the punt. That brings us to the end of Championship Weekend. Uh, preview. Now, English chess is out, so is there any chance of us spending some time together there's this There's a weekend? chance.
1: There's a chance. i got a wedding Saturday afternoon. But... So there is
0: no chance. Awesome. <laughs> you are not going to be up and about on Sunday morning. Uh, okay. I will enjoy it by myself then.
1: I'll definitely be crawling out by at least 11.30. Uh,
0: oh, gross. I can't wait to message you at 9 o'clock with no response. Correct. Alright. As always, do hit us up on College Football Down Under on Twitter and on Instagram. Make sure you tell uh, all your friends about us. we got two more episodes to go. Enjoy your championship weekend. My name's Aaron, that is Will, and we will see you next time.